born in 1975 in Minnesota. My dad was a pastor. Uh, actually, he was in seminary uh, when I was born, and just very thankful for my parents. They're both believers and just uh, faithful examples. And so, at at all times in my life, especially growing up, um, I heard the gospel, and I saw it lived out. And so I just want to start with my story by saying that I'm very thankful for God's working in my parents' lives. And where I live and serve today in northern Chile, South America, um, I, I would need to say that my parents had a huge role in, in, in that. Um, praying for me that I would follow God's will, no matter where that would be, and their willingness to even let me go to another field and not see their maybe grandchildren in the future. So very thankful for that. Um, I was saved at the age of 10 um, and uh, baptized as well and um, grew up a PK, a preacher's kid. And, um, you know, when you live as a, a, P, a PK, you... You oftentimes live in a glass house where everyone has these expectations upon your life. Aren't you going to be a little preacher like your dad type of comments by the little old ladies in the church? Um, those those things happened to me. And um, I was a, a generally good kid. Um, you know, I did not rebel outwardly, but inwardly it was a struggle um, throughout my teenage years. I went to a public school. And I'm um, just very thankful for the Lord's protection and uh, watch care over me during that time because it, it could have been a very different story. But uh, definitely a mental struggle of, you know, I wish I could do things like my friends. I, I wish my dad wasn't, you know, in this situation. And why, why, you know, you see your dad or mom, people in the church criticizing you know, I was I had a front row seat to all that. But here's where I think my parents um, did not shield me from that, but helped me understand that uh, our God is big and, and we are serving Him and serving others and the importance of the local church. And so um, as I became a senior in college, I, I wanted to serve the Lord. Um, but at that point in my life, it was for a selfish reason. Um, I knew all the answers, let's just say. And, uh, Lord, I'm going to serve you, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a music pastor. I'm going to be a youth pastor. And, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Here's my plan. I'm writing it all out. You sign it. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I was demanding of the Lord, um, just with the veneer of uh, I'm, I'm going to be in the ministry. So I went to Northland Baptist Bible College, a little um, Baptist Bible College in Wisconsin that focused on ministry, your training for ministry, and uh, started as a music major. Uh, during my freshman year, during missions conference, second semester, um, the Lord really worked in my heart to expose my selfish motives for ministry, serving in ministry. And it was at that point the Lord uh, worked in my life to be willing to serve the Lord anywhere in the world and willing to stay, but just willing to 
kind of give up my plan that I had already written out up for the Lord and, you know, proverbially erase that and say, Lord, what, what would you want me to do? At that point, I didn't know that I would be in Chile, South America today, but I knew that I would be willing to go if he led me. And so my stance as a freshman ending that year was, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go. You're going to have to close the door for me to not go to the mission field. And to this day, he hasn't closed that door. But it was an exact um, opposite kind of mentality um, that I went into Bible college. Lord, what would you want me to do? My sophomore year, I changed my major to missions. And uh, through that, through my professors um, at Northland, specifically Dr. Neil Cushman, just really mentored me in training me in cross-cultural studies and um, just missions, history, and the, the need for the gospel in the world, uh, church planting, um, taking practical courses on animal husbandry and cleaning a deer, just proof preparing us for wherever the Lord would have us in the world. So I look back at at those classes with fond memories and thankfulness. Um, during that time at Northland, I met a lot of MKs uh, from South America, and they got together uh, maybe once a month and talked Spanish and drank mate tea. And uh, they, I befriended them. Um, my now wife... Um, invited me to come to that gathering of MKs and um, started to hear Spanish and they, they kind of adopted me as the non-MK but interested in in missions. So the Lord used uh, those friendships to to hear stories of other countries about the need that um, those countries had for the gospel and local churches and Bible institutes and Christian camps. and So part of my training, I needed to go on an internship. And so I chose a mission board, uh, Gospel Mission of South America, out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, to go to Chile um, for about six, seven weeks um, to be mentored by a missionary and just to learn. The Lord used that trip in, in many ways to impact my heart and desire to serve in Chile because I was there seeing the needs and, um, you know, missionaries have been praying for more laborers to come to that specific harvest. So the Lord used um, that trip in my life. So going back and finishing up, um, Chile was on the forefront of uh, a viable option for me to go. Um, I started dating Christine, uh, my wife, uh, during that time, and we got married right after we were done with uh, Bible college. And um, then I went to seminary in in Minneapolis area, Central Baptist Theological Seminary, um, still knowing and wanting to serve on the mission field, but knowing I needed to sharpen my theological pencil a little bit more. Um, not necessarily with a degree, but just to continue on studying, knowing that if I went to Chile, South America, teaching in a Bible institute and training national pastors would be uh, a probable um, outcome, uh, something that I would be involved in. So, 
So I went to seminary thinking I'd go for a couple years and then go to the mission field. So my wife and I started to plan a survey trip to Chile to try to find out which mission board we'd go with and where in Chile we would go. And um, so we planned that trip, and then we found out that we were going to have our firstborn, Jordan, uh, right in the middle of that trip. On one side, we're super happy we're going to have our first child. Uh, On the other side, we're like bummed because we knew that we probably wouldn't go on that survey trip. So I decided to go another year of seminary, keep studying. Jordan was born. We'll plan the trip for next next year, we, we said. And um, we did that. And But then we found out Ben, our second, was going to come along at the same scenario. Um, didn't go on the trip. Decided to go one more year of seminary. So at this point, it was four years of seminary. I worked during seminary at a pasta plant um, part-time. And my bosses, who were unsaved, they thought I was crazy. I had here, I had a um, a degree, and I was going to waste it by going to the mission field. And what about your young kids? And aren't you worried about their safety? And you know, South America isn't it kind of dangerous? And and those are just opportunities to share, not only just the reason why. Um, we wanted to serve the Lord in another country, but just to show the sacrifice involved. Um, are there unknowns in the mission field? Sure, but our God is is big, and we trust Him. So, I think to many of the unsaved people that I worked with, they thought I was nuts, yeah, throwing away kind of a good track that I was on, just with education, married, and had children, and you know, comfortable. But. Um, but in my upbringing in church and in my family, knowing that you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. So I'm thankful for those gospel foundations in my thinking to when it came to how are we going to pay the bills, how are we going to pay seminary off. You know, the Lord provides through his people in his timing. That's his history. And that's something that we, we've seen personally, and that's, we don't doubt that. I, I rolled all the credits I had into uh, a degree I graduated in 2003, I believe, uh, with a MR, um, Master's Arts of Biblical Studies um, degree. And then we went to Chile uh, with our two young, young boys, um, joined a mission board, and then went on deputation, uh, which would be a word for gathering support. Uh, from churches um, and prayer support, financial support, to then be supported to go to the mission field. And that took about two and a half, three years to do that, traveling around the upper Midwest, visiting churches, sharing the burden, um, living by faith, um, you know, traveling to a church without an appearance fee, just, you know, meeting, we don't know how the Lord will provide 
And it was a step of faith. Mm. It really was. Um, and churches started to take us on, and that definitely a time of of stretching. And with three three small children, by the end of it, Kaylee was born, no five. So lots of lessons learned. But we're very thankful for our 21 churches that do support us now, and without them, we wouldn't be able to live in Chile. Then in 08, um, we moved to South Texas to go to language school. My wife was born in Chile, so she did not need to study, but I did. And so I studied two semesters at uh, Rio Grande Bible Institute, which is a small Bible institute in Spanish for Latin young people to come and, and, and learn. But they also have a wing f for missionaries to learn the language. Um, then in 09, January of 09, we flew to Chile. Yeah, we've been in Antofagasta now about nine years. Um, uh, seeing the Lord plant a local church that is uh, self-sustaining, and um, we're about to... Uh, call a national pastor, Lord willing, here at the end of this year. So, um, And with the desire to, when this church is established and fully supported and um, in national hands, to move on to another location in northern Chile to start all over again um, in a new city, a new community, plant a new church. assume that people have heard or know the gospel. Um, so the lesson I've learned is to um, assume that someone that you are talking to or preaching to, teaching, um, knows almost nothing of the Bible. And in very simplistic terms, not cliches that I can say, I'm a PK, I know all the cliches. But to say, can you communicate truth in a very simple way in Spanish um, in the moment? And so that it is a, a step of faith each week to prepare to communicate God's word in a, in a direct and a courteous and a careful way in another language. And, you know, it's a work of God, but yes, I do need to prepare but uh, the moment of preaching is, is a very special thing, and we've seen the Lord um, work in those times. But when you live in another culture, like, for example, there's cultures in the world that their underpinnings, it's based on shame-honor. It's a shame-honor culture, they call it. And so the way you treat someone else is always based on are you shaming them or are you honoring them? And this type of culture, shame, honor, comes out a lot in, in Scripture because during the times of Old Testament and New Testament, it was based on a kind of a shame, honor culture. So when I read my Bible and reading um, in the New Testament when... Uh, Christ is sharing parables with his disciples or um, the stories that he's sharing, 
Sermon on the Mount, some of these nuances uh, now as a missionary living in another culture tend to come out a little bit more because I've lived out of the United States for multiple years. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't think it's a prerequisite for someone to understand and uh, obey the Bible, you know, only if they've lived in another culture. I, I don't want to say that. But I think there's things that you you tend to be more sensitive to, um, having lived in another culture outside of the United States. You just have a, a broader worldview, um, seeing another side of the coin. Um, I'll, get, I'll give you one example. Um, here in America, we hold high in our ethic um, promptness, being on time. Because it's actually honoring the person. Um, This morning I had lunch with you and the time frame was we were going to eat at noon. And I was there 10 minutes early in my car waiting. Because your time and the others who were with us meant something to me. In Chile it's a little bit different. Uh, Relationships um, trump time. Um, And so... Me being prompt, in some cases, to show honor to you, I would arrive late. And to us as Americans, that does not make sense. And this is where in missions you start dealing with culture shock. Like, what? why do certain things in some cultures just drive you crazy? And you want to go back to your own culture that you're familiar with. Until you start understanding the why. Why does this culture do it this way? There's certain things in cultures around the world that go on that that go directly against Scripture. And then there's categories where Scripture doesn't talk about that, that, that um, event in that way. So a missionary needs discernment to discern, is, th- is, is doing this or not doing this? going against scripture or not, or is this just something that's not my preference or my culture? So in Chile, like if if I invited you to my birthday party, and we're both Chileans, um, the rule of thumb is that you would not arrive early or even on time because you are honoring me by making sure that our family has everything ready. And you arriving early thus shames me by not being ready. Now, same scenario in the United States. If you invite me to your birthday party and we're good friends, I might come early and say, is there anything I can do to help? Oh, why don't you blow up the rest of the balloons? Oh, thanks. I'm not shaming you. I'm actually honoring you. It's the exact opposite. So those those things missionaries have to wade through and and. It's not always easy. You mostly learn by trial and error and failure and, you know, misunderstandings in, in culture and language happen uh, often. Coming back to the States, it's it's reverse culture shock many times. Because think about it. We've been away from the United States for now three years. A lot has changed. A lot of things that we have missed. Though we have the Internet, we are slightly disconnected from all the major hot buttons. Although we read headlines, we're not totally oblivious, but there's a lot of things that we are not up on. 
um, you know, and many of the, many of those things. It's okay. Like we're not, we don't, we didn't get to see the final for The Office or Lost or, you know, you name your favorite TV show, and I'm okay with that. But, you know, there's things that we miss culturally that, um, because we've lived in another country. That being said, when we're in the other culture, we have to. We're gleaning from what we're learning there, and you know, not only following politics in the United States, but then politics in Chile, just to be aware and to know uh, what to say or think about those things. So it's almost like double homework for us as missionaries, going between the two worlds, and that's why they call them third culture people because uh, they can function in both but they will never be 100% American anymore nor will they be 100% Chilean they're in the middle and once you are okay with that it's it's a great opportunity to see the world with a different lens than just someone who's grown up in rural Minnesota all his life Um, so I'm very thankful for those opportunities to grow and travel and and for my kids as well but, um, you know, it's a learning curve. What is your gospel ambition? What's your ambition in Christ for your life? Uh, to glorify God by making disciples in the image of Jesus Christ through the gospel of grace. I'd like to use the illustration of a mailman. If you or I were a mailman, if we were considered to be faithful mailmen, what would make us successful by daily um, giving out the message, the mail, to the owners, the people, the mailboxes? Are we responsible for how the neighbor responds to that uh, cable bill or rent bill? No, but we're responsible to faithfully share that message. Uh, And that's what you and I should be as believers. We leave the results in the Lord's hands. He is the Lord of salvation.